And hello again, everyone. Welcome back to One Patriot Place here on WBLZ Sports, part of the Ironic Radio Network. Uh, you're on the air with Stephen Murph. We are One Patriot Place. You can also find our podcast on the fullpresscoverage.com website. The guys over there are good buds. We invite you to check out their own stuff. They also do a couple of podcasts of their own. Excellent work. They do a great job covering the Patriots. And they're kind enough to carry our podcast along with their own. So, hey, there's joy back in Mudville somewhat again because the <laughs> Patriots got off the two-game schneid and they uh, beat the Cincinnati Bengals 34-13. to um, We weren't impressed with Cincinnati last week um, and we're even less so with them this week. So <laughs> it doesn't come as a shock. Before we go any further, we got to ask the big green man, you know, what his thoughts are. Uh, overall, quick thoughts of the game, Murph. My overall quick thoughts of the game were I was I was uh, pleasantly, you know, not surprised but happy with um, some of the usage that that was going on. I saw Nikhil Harry on the on the field a lot more. I thought the running game was better. I thought the offensive line was better. Um, you know, definitely not clicking on all cylinders yet, but, you know, improvement, improvement. And the Patriots, once again, avoided a three-game losing streak. They, have not they haven't had lost. a three-game losing streak since, what, 2002? 2002. 17 years they have not dropped three straight. In 17, you think about that, people. Thank you, Mark Schofield, for bringing that <laughs> attention to my attention. Um yeah, it was. It was. It's been two since two thousand and two. Now, you, before that, we would we would dance a jig if we had a three game winning streak. <laughs> going back to yeah, the days when Steve and I were growing up. Yeah, and, I mean, um, hey, they only lost three in a row. <laughs> yeah, they only lost three in a row twice this year. What the fuck are you talking about? This is a great yeah. season. Holy shit! Yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, those no. were tough times, you know. They were, man. They really were. The, and, and, the late you know, 60s and early 70s and, oh. Yep. That, right. that we was... understand you people out there who hate us. We we do. We, we These young kids nowadays, they don't understand what it was like. <laughs> no. Um, I mean, they. I remember just praying for a playoff game. I didn't care if they got annihilated in the first right? round. I mean. Just wanted to see a playoff game, you know. Made the the Patriots in there. Yeah. So, <laughs> and and we remember those days. I mean, I yep. still think everyone talks about that one in fifteen team, and yeah, 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 whatever. I still think that 
1970 team was the worst football team I've ever seen oh. in New England. When they they got Joe Cap to come over from the Vikings after he led them to a Super Bowl, and it was just an absolute disaster of a football team. Mm-hmm. I think he ended up with like I want to say four touchdowns and seventeen interceptions. Seventeen. <laughs> seventeen. Holy he completed shit. like forty eight percent of his passes on the year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it was not a that was just, a you know off, I don't know how they ever won. They they actually won two games that year. I still don't yeah. know how that happened. Yeah, you people think Tom Brady's having a down season? Should have been around <laughs> that year. Yeah. Holy oh, that year shit. was terrible. That was terrible. It was just awful. It was. It was awful. And they were playing at Harvard Stadium that year. Oh yeah, no shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I was I was tiny then, man. I I, I remember my old man throwing shit at the TV, but that was it. <laughs> um, you know, I think our set you couldn't was even throw white. stuff at the TV back yeah, then. Yeah, he hit. You shrug your shoulders and say, "Well, they only lost by twenty-one this mm-hmm. week." <laughs> right back this is back in the days when my father would have me holding the antenna all afternoon yeah well i i went to a game that year in preseason they played the philadelphia eagles in preseason mm-hmm. and uh and you know we were all excited because they cost? oh i can't remember it wasn't very expensive yeah it was like three three bucks <laughs> <laughs> and uh and they gave you a free and, pack of cigarettes on the way in, too. Yeah. Oh, man. It was terrible. <laughs> but uh, I remember sitting there and I was like, well, they lost pretty bad, but it wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. And I remember my friend's uncle was the guy who took us all of his kids in. And he was sitting there. He, he had his schlitz in front of him and he was looking at us and he goes, this is going to be a really long, bad year. <laughs> yep. Schlitz. Oh man. I only saw one game at Harvard Stadium and I didn't see the game because I was there with all my cousins. Mm-hmm. And of course, you know, we were sitting way up in the middle of nowhere and everybody was sitting in front of me. And uh I, I was so small I didn't see anything. I saw nothing. I just sat there and ate my fucking popcorn and you know, <laughs> that was it. That was it. Popcorn and and you know a soda and I'm, hot chocolate and I'm I'm a I was a happy little camper. It's the only game. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember who played, but okay, let's move on. Uh, we got a win. I was I was kind of thrilled with it. I was I was happy. What what did you think of the uh, of the game? What were your impressions? But well, I didn't I didn't take away any of your optimism in regards to the offense. I thought they were awful. Um, okay, but. I, I was very impressed with the pass defense, especially the secondary. I mean, you know, they, uh, Stefan Gilmore, JC Jackson, four interceptions, you know, Andy Dalton completed more passes to JC Jackson yep. and Stefan Gilmore who, who were covering his right wideouts when, when he targeted wide receivers that were covered by Jackson and <laughs> and Gilmore they gave up combined 15 targets six passes for 51 yards right. and Gilmore right, and it. yeah Gil, Gilmore and and Jackson had four interceptions a pick six 
and two past breakups. <laughs> wow. That was what I took away from the game because I was like, well, I think the pass defense is okay. Okay. Offensively, I'm not so sure. They, I thought they All were right. terrible. Okay. I mean, yeah, they, granted, they ran for 175 yards, and that's yeah. good. That's something, That's very you know? good. I, th- I, I liked what I saw from Sony. I liked what I saw from Rex Burkhead. That that uh, juke Burkhead put on Jesse Bates, and Bates is still looking for his jock on that one. Yeah, he is, man. <laughs> he was left holding with his, you know, yeah. standing there with his dick in his hand. I tweeted out at that time, and it was just, you know. <laughs> that was a beautiful It was movie. pretty, man. It was yeah. a nice that was a that was a nice Tom Brady impression impersonation he did there. That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that, that was a beautiful move. I mean, that was uh when when uh Burkhead put that move on Bates, I was just like, Whoa. Yeah. And I think everyone did said the same thing. I, I even heard the telecast where uh where um Zoe on, on the radio went whoop. <laughs> And I think we all said that. So, yep. uh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was, a, that was a beautiful move. And it was a really nice run. And that was a nice way to end off the game. But offensively, I just, I mean, I didn't come away with uh, <clears throat> with a uh, feeling of, you know, wine and roses returning. I just thought they were um, – they were no, real I thought the, the offensive game. line did a good job. I did. I thought they did a much better job than they they have in the past. Let's oh, in the, in the running on. game, yes. In the yeah, running let, game, let's absolutely. Bring our guest I mean, on and get his thoughts on it. That's right. It's time for our guest and bring him on, Murph. Yeah, and joining us from Pat's pulpit across the pond. You know, he's sitting there. He's interrupting his dinner to be here with us. It's the one and only Burn Bushmaster. How you doing, Burn? I'm doing I'm doing well. Thank you. Thanks for the invitation. Uh, and yeah, glad to talk about the Patriots coming off a win. So you are always- you are amazing, man. I thank you so much for making the time to be here away from your brand new bride. And I'm gonna start <laughs> it out, bud. I, I I liked the the job that the offensive line did on on Sunday. Uh, what did you think of of, of the the big fat guys down front? Well. First off, they may be big, they may be fat, but they are probably a lot more athletic than I am. So I respect whatever they are doing. <laughs> That's like my first thought on that. See, I, did, I can pick on them and call them that because I am round and I was a lineman, so I get away with it. What the okay, hell I'm is just... that? Are you playing? Are you playing like Mario or something back there? Keep no, my uh, my phone keeps beeping. I I didn't mute throw it when that, we came on. Throw it out the window. Throw it away. I, I'm ready to throw it out the window. It's like you know, it's my electric dog collar because I got four bosses like keep emailing me. Hey, did you get this? Hey, would you do this? Hey, did you send me this? Oh, hey, I got that that you sent me. I'm like, shut up! It looks like you're living Bill Belichick's nightmare right there. There you go. <laughs> I I okay. I'll I'll mute it. I'm sorry. All right. All right. Um, well, Bert, thank you for very much for making the time to be here with us today, bud. And, and like I said, yeah, I can make fun of the, the big fat guys because I was one of them. You know, I actually I'm still one of them, but, you know, I, I just don't play ball anymore. Um, I, w- I was impressed with what the running game they were able to do with the running game this week. Um, I was hoping that 
that it would it would set up a little bit more play action but you you've got to be uh a tad bit optimistic about the way the 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 offensive line played on Sunday aren't you Oh yeah absolutely I mean I know it's it wasn't perfect and there were some plays like Brady was sacked twice breakdowns yep. on the front so you still had a few growing pains but on the whole, I felt that the Patriots played some decent football along the line, especially compared to how they looked against the Chiefs, how they looked against the Texans. And right. I mean, I know I know that the Bengals are one thirteen, and they suck. Like, there's no other mm-hmm. way around it. They're the worst team in football when it comes to the record, but they do have a lot of talent along the, their defensive line. So. To see the Patriots hold up comparatively well is a positive sign. I know there's people out there who will say, no, they suck, and blah, blah, blah. But I think that they looked very confident blocking the run, and mm-hmm. they started to get a lot better dissecting movements up front. I mean, you had a lot of stunts run by the Bengals, and the Patriots picked them up decently at times. I mean, I know Isaiah Wynn had one, had a terrific spin move on the sack, on, on one of the two sacks. I mean, I know the other side of the of the line broke down, but but Wynn looked very good. You had Joe Tooney and Ted Karras do some strong blocking, both in pass protection and run blocking. So there is a lot to like from the performance. It wasn't perfect, but it was, in my opinion, a step in the right direction. Forward. Yep. Well, you know, if, if yeah, I, I I think you can you can make that argument. I mean, <laughs> uh, you know, at this point, anything that they can do, um, I think is a plus. And, yeah, um, yeah, and you know, when I'm looking at it, Murph and I were talking about this. Um, you know, uh, you know, before you came on. And we we were talking about the defense and uh, specifically the pass defense. Um, we thought, you know, was outstanding on Sunday, uh, especially Gilmore and Jackson. You know, offensively, the the thing that I did like was they were getting Nikhil Harry involved. And, you know, granted it was the Bengals, but at the same time, you know, um, you know we'll take 175 yards no matter who they're rushing against, wouldn't you say? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it was really, as you said, it was nice to see Harry get some snaps, get some targets, get some carries even. And it's also good to see uh, Sony Michelle come back from basically being a no-show last week. So right. to get him involved, to get Harry involved, to see a touchdown run by Rex Burkett. I mean, those are all good things. Those are all developments that you can build on. So I. I feel like they are slowly but steadily progressing in a positive way. Absolutely. But you wrote you wrote a really nice piece this week. We're you know just talking about about the the um, the the performance of of the Patriots' defensive backs. You wrote a nice piece on J.C. Jackson in his second year jump. Uh, and how it was on display against the Bengals. 
what have you seen this year from him that that has allowed him to make this next step? Is the game just slowing down for him? Is it is it um, the fact that he's around Gilmore as often as he is? This is a guy that is is really getting getting thrown at a ton compared to other guys on this team. And, it, you know, opposing quarterbacks are starting to see that that might not be a good idea. <laughs> Absolutely. That's, I mean, I feel like there's a lot of factors contributing to, to Jackson being a better player than he mm -hmm. was last year at this time. You mentioned Gilmore. I think having him around certainly helps, but also spending a year in the system going through a whole off season with the team. Those are all things that really helped his progression this year. And it shows in the little details. I mean, the Patriots faced a lot of bunch formations against the Bengals because, you know, yep. Zach, Zach Taylor's coming from the Sean McVay school of, of coaching offense. So you expect to see a lot of that. And Jackson looked good defending those formations. He looked good running in stride with receivers. He played the ball very well and he didn't like he didn't commit penalties. And that was one of the biggest things last year that he just couldn't get in decent position regularly without grabbing the opponent or without mm -hmm. holding him one way or the other. And Bill Bel Bel Belichick mentioned this on Monday and of course, who am I not to agree with Belichick? So, it's, <laughs> who are any of us not to agree with? Yeah, absolutely. That, that's yeah. my job. You know, the two of you just sit there and nod your head. That's my job to disagree with Belichick. But go ahead. No, we are, we are, we are, we are merely yes men. Mm. <laughs> but um, it's like you see that he's playing with a lot more confidence and with a lot more swagger, and mm -hmm. he's fit in very well with this experienced backfield and it's it's really nice to see him carve out a role and go up against John Ross who's a really fast guy who's who may not have the best production since since coming out of college but he's a good receiver Alex Erickson he's not a bad receiver either and Jackson just locked them down he surrendered two catches right. on on six targets i think and had two picks so I'll take this every day, no matter who you play against. And he looked good against the Chiefs last week, who, of course, have a much better offense than the Bengals do. So to see him perform well and consistently, no matter the opponents, that's something that was at times missing last year, and I feel like it's getting a lot better in 2019. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, one of the things that that is is really so positive about his his step is the fact that you know Jason McCourty has missed some time this year. Um, what's the story on Jason, and and how much better is this defense even when he's in there? Well, it remains to be seen how his groin injury progresses moving forward, and um, you know it, it's hard to tell from the outside without knowing exactly what the injury is. We need, we know that he played last week. He was mm -hmm. on the field for four snaps. So the, the Patriots goal at this point in time has to be to get him ready for the playoffs. And I feel like it may not be, the secondary may not be 
better actually with McCourty in the lineup compared to Jackson, but you have a lot more options if you're going against a team like, say, the Chiefs, who have four really good receivers at the top of the depth chart, who have Travis Kelsey, who's one of the better receiving tight ends in the NFL, and having an additional buddy back there like Jason McCourty, who's experienced, who has played in the big games, who knows how to defend different types of receivers, is that's the value that he brings to the table, in my opinion. And mm-hmm. you can rotate a lot more with him being available than you could with just with just Jackson and Jonathan Jonathan Jones and Terrence Brooks, who played some some outside defensive back as well. So it just I feel like the depth and the the possibilities you have with the players available, that's where the value of McCourty primarily lies. Yeah, and, and on that same vein, I think, you know, one of the more underrated aspects of this defense is is also Deron Harmon. You know, they bring in at certain times, and uh, he plays a lot. He's ostensibly almost a starter himself. He plays so right. much, but they ask him to do so much in that secondary and it allows them again, like you were mentioning, it allows them to move guys around and it allows them to do different things. And I think guys like Jackson, um, Harmon, uh, especially, uh, you know, Jason McCourty. I mean, these are really valuable depth guys that you need. If you're going to make a deep playoff run and shut teams down, like, like you just mentioned the chiefs. I mean, I thought in the second half of that game the last week, I thought they did a tremendous job with the Chiefs. They knew what they were trying to do, and they, they did a, a really good job of shutting it down. Now, granted, you know, the Bengals, are they have some talented players, but they're overall obviously not on that same level. But you have to like what you're seeing from this secondary as a whole. Wouldn't you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean – you 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 have to play who's on your schedule. I mean, you can't look at at yesterday's ga- uh, Sunday's game and go, well, it's the Bengals. We can't dismiss this. No, it's they did some good things. I mean, they were physical with the receivers, and being physical is being physical, no matter who you play against. And they were in good position. They played the ball well. I mean, those are all skills that can translate from one week to another, or from the regular season to the postseason. So. It's the opponent is important, but it's not all that you look at when analyzing players. So, in my opinion, I like what the Patriots showed yesterday when it came to pass defense. I know the run defense is a different story, but as a whole, they surrendered 13 points, and I don't care if it's the Bengals. That's that's good against an NFL team. Right, and, and, really and uh, 10 of those were in the first quarter. So the last three quarters, they only surrendered a field goal. And, you know, they made – I don't know if it was more adjustments, but they, they were tackling better, I thought, and, and after that first quarter. And, you know, they uh, – well, they did make some adjustments, I thought. And, you know, they they had trouble stopping the run all day. But, I you know, listen to Bill Belichick after the game. I mean, I thought he was very – 
impressed with Mixon going in, and I think he was even more so coming out. He called him one of the best backs in the league. Yeah, that says that says all you need to know about. I mean, he, I think I think he actually said he's probably the best back in the league. And I yeah, mean, they they went against against the Seagull Valley a few weeks back. So and he's no 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 bad back either. So I feel like the Patriots knew they had to stop mix and knew that it would be difficult despite the Bengals' offense being bad per se. But they adjusted well to the first quarter, and that's something we have right. seen a, a lot of times for the Patriots. They start slowly, but once they get a grasp of what you do, if you don't change those tendencies, you know that the Patriots will be on them. And Sunday's game was a good example of that. They knew they had to shut down the run. They adjusted in order to accomplish that. And once they did, the game went in their way because Andy Dalton is not a quarterback who you can trust against this Patriots defense. No, you can't. And I wrote that in my in my keys last week that um, this Bengals offense has, has completely um, – revamped itself in the middle of the season they they went from a ram style uh run offense to you know what they're doing now and it it has really worked for them and and while the patriots did have problems if most of it was was allowing yards after contact and you really can't can't well you can fault them but i mean like we said joe mixon is one of the best in the business and and that this is why he is one of the best in the business and i thought the patriots did a good job adjusting to that with personnel and some of their scheming there and and forced the ball into uh into the redheaded stepchild's you know hands and it it ended up paying off for them with with more points on on defense if you take away the defensive special teams points on this, the Patriots still struggled on offense, even with the run game attacking. Um, I, I tweeted out this morning that uh, I, I'm still not ready to put this on Tom. A lot of it is still guys not getting open. A lot of it is still um, uh, drops. It, it, it's it's poor route running. Have did you see any improvement this week in those areas, Burn? I mean, it's really difficult with Edelman being being hobbled to to. There goes my follow up question. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, no, we gotta go through with this. It's it's. Yeah, no, 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 no. Go ahead, man. <laughs> I mean, it's, you know, it's really hard to assess uh, like how the offense looks with when Edelman is so limited, but it's really, you know. Harry did a lot of good good things in my opinion. But you have to see more from Mohamed Sanu. You have to see something, anything from Philip Dorsat. So oh. I liked what, what, what Cost did at times as a pass capture. So mm-hmm. there were some positives, but as a whole I still think there's a lot to just getting on the same page. It feels like Brady, I mean, trust is like there's there's a whole debate about whether Brady trusts his receivers. I think that he does trust them, but they just don't execute on a consistent enough basis for him to make all the easy throws like he did a few right. years back, like he did last year. I mean, like I think it was the first pass of the game when he floated one over the news hat. 
that's one I think he makes if Edelman runs this route because Edelman's exactly where he's supposed to be. I'm not blaming this on Sanu because Brady had a few bad throws. But the receivers as a whole, they need to become more consistent. And Brady needs to be better at placing the ball where it needs to be placed. So there's a lot of there's a lot going on, and I feel that maybe the running back running game getting better will help with the play action game. But it was again it, it was a struggle, but uh, I think there are some positive takeaways you can still have. I mean, everybody knows the receivers are inconsistent when it comes to getting open. But Harry did a good job against press coverage. That's a positive. You did get Lacoste involved. So mm-hmm. I, w- I would classify this up and down. So yay, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Dorsett, Dorsett barely saw the field on Sunday. And, yeah. and that gave me a great pause. You know, especially with Edelman as banged up as he was. I mean, granted, it was it was warrior like of him to go out there with the injury that he's dealing with. Um, he's got to be in a ton of pain, and it's got to be difficult. Why are we seeing so little of Philip Dorsett right now? I think he he put himself in a tough position coming out of Dubai because he had a few miscommunications with Brady. Okay, and. Personally, I think that the Patriots just want to go with Nikhil Harry as their number one X receiver. Dorsett's a good complementary piece, but he's not a top two, maybe not even a top three wide receiver. So if you have him as a fourth option that comes in in for receiver sets, I feel like that's good. That's a role that fits him because when he's going against a nickel cornerback, for example, mm-hmm. he can win this matchup. He can win those matchups. Were you yes. surprised? Were you were you pleasantly surprised to see Harry in more of more move situations than he had been in in the you know earlier in his season? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he ran some some routes from the X. He ran from the C. He ran from the slot. The Patriots moved him around it. That was something that Josh McDaniels actually mentioned during a conference call last week yep. that he wants to get Harry more involved, that he wants to get him more looks. And, you may, I mean, you can look at the stat sheet and see, okay, he had four touches for 37 yards or what it was. But the thing that gave me the most confidence in his abilities to adapt was that the Patriots threw a lot at him. They used him in different spots. They used him in different situations. And if they can continue to build on that, he is going to make an impact for this team. And right. I, I, truly, I truly believe that he has the skills, that he has the size, that he has the athleticism to really be a difference maker. He may not be peak Josh Gordon. He may not be... The reasons we cheered on draft yeah. day. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and yeah. I feel like... And, uh... You know, to, to follow that up, Bert, um, you know, Murph and I were talking about this, I believe, last week on the on our podcast. And, you know, I think part of it, you know, was mental, was especially with him and Jacoby Myers. I think they were fighting the ball a little bit. I think they were overthinking things. And, 
it seemed like, uh, you know, they, they weren't running very well. Everyone was complaining about how slow they are. And I think that comes from, you know, instead of just running their route and hitting the, the, the cuts, you know, they're thinking about what do I got to do? Do I go this way? Do I go that way? I think it slows them up a little bit. And when they overthink things and then what I saw, excuse me, on Sunday, I thought that, you know, Harry was, he seemed to be running a lot freer out there. They got him involved in the running game right away. And I think that kind of relaxed him. And then he was just like, okay, this is just football. I've played it before. Now I'm just playing it against good, better competition. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think part of that was just like, he's able to now just go out and play and not have to overthink things. Yeah. I think that's spot, but that's spot on. He's, you know, I mean, he, he has missed nine games and he needs to get some confidence within the offense. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's one of the most difficult systems in the NFL. Nobody's disputing that. So it's it's hard for any rookie, let alone one that missed parts of the preseason, almost all of the preseason, that missed the first nine weeks of the season due to injury. So like, like you said, giving him a few confidence boosting plays early on, that's got to be, that, that's a good plan. That's something you can build on and you should build on moving forward. So I definitely like what I saw from Harry. You know, for people that don't realize it, when you're on IR, you cannot practice with the team, even if you have healed up. And and the, the amount of time that he has missed and to be able to, and to expect him to come in here and just click on all cylinders because of what he's seen in on film and what he's heard in the meetings, which he, he can still go to, is really unfair. And this kid, I said a week ago that the explosion's about to happen. He should have he should have uh, had two touchdowns in two straight games. And I, and I give um, a lot of credit to him on the touchdown that he, that he had this week. The, 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 uh, the route that he ran was dead and he stayed alive and gave Tom some place to throw the ball. And that has not happened for Tom a lot this season, has it? Absolutely. I mean, when you just look looking at this particular play, everybody else is covered. You don't have anyone open. Like Sanu and, and uh, I think Benjamin Watson were in the same spot. Edelman was hobbling mm-hmm. around somewhere. And Harry stayed alive and he made the play. So having somebody capable of doing that, of beating press man coverage and readjusting his route if need be that's worth a lot that really is it really is something that the patriots have been missing for most of the year really how much do you think sanu's issues are, are with that high ankle sprain that he's been dealing with i think i think it, it's considerable because it hobbled him in practice it it kept him out of a few games so mm-hmm. if you add this together with having to adjust to the offense, it's basically the same as it is with with Harry, only that Sanu has different expectations because he's an experienced receiver and he has proven production right. in this league. But their situations are not all that different, actually. And I think Sanu, the more time he gets with Brady, it's it's the same with Harry. The more time they get with Brady, the more plays they run the more passes he throws their way and the more looks they get, the better they will be. Whether or not this will be enough to make some noise in the playoffs, I do not know. But 
I think that they do have two weeks left in the regular season to to work things out. They are on their way to get a bye week and wildcard weekend. So essentially they have three weeks to build on what they have already accomplished the last few weeks. And I think I think you can feel good about their potential, but it's really hard to make any projections based on what we have seen so far. Really, it really is. And and a, a big part of that is these injuries that, you know, nobody is really talking about, these nagging injuries that always have, what they happen to everybody throughout the league, but the Patriots are really dealing with them this year. Um, one of the issues that, that I have with this team is the way that it was put together. Um, I don't think enough um, time and effort was, was put into I, – I think Bill got a little – Last season, the the Patriots got really lucky with the health of the offensive line. The offensive line this year has not been healthy, and there hasn't been that depth there. They're on their you know their their second um, center at times. They've been uh, using the third center. It, it, there's been difficulty at both tackle positions with injury this year. The only thing that has been a consistent is is probably the guard play. Do you think that? Um, Going forward, they, this offensive line is going to be able to gel now that they're getting healthier, and we're going to see a continued improvement by them? I think a lot depends on, on Jack Mason and whether or not he his ankle will, will heal up because he left Sunday's game in the fourth quarter with what was, then, was later announced to be an ankle injury again. Mm-hmm. So it really... It's really hard to tell how this injury will affect him moving forward, but it's—I mean, those are the guys you—you you ride or you die with the five mm-hmm. you have. So at this point, it's really all about getting them on the same page, making sure what their strengths are, what their weaknesses are, where you can help them, maybe with additional blockers, but. I think you, it's, it's, I mean, a lot, a lot with the Patriots at this point is you just have to wait and see. And the offensive line is not much different in in this regard because like the five starters you have, they haven't played a lot of football together. And it's the same with Brady and Harry or Brady and Sanu. They also have not played a lot together. So to get this chemistry and don't just, Skarnak here has talked a lot about seeing the game through one set of eyes. To really be able to get that, I think it takes a lot of practice time. I think it takes a lot of playing time. And so far, they just haven't had that. And even when they had, like on Sunday, suddenly you see Shaq Mason go down or you see Ted Carlos go down. So injuries have been a problem, absolutely. And what's important now is just to get the guys that you have together and really build them up as a unit, try to make them work well. And I mean, a lot of people forget that last year's line had some similar issues during the year and they really got hot late in the season. So it's it will be fascinating to see whether or not the Patriots can at least replicate something of the of the things they did last year, but it's it's really hard to project 
how the line will look like. But based on precedent, based on how they played last year, I would say they certainly can get better. I don't yeah, know if that special... helps. But... Yeah. yeah. Well, see, special... when you're looking at the offensive line, as as you just said, Bern, I and I couldn't agree more, you know, what Skarnekia says, you have to be looking through one set of eyes. They all have to be, you know, pulling together. They all have to do their job. Because if, if one guy messes up, then the play gets invariably blown up. And we, we saw that quite a few times in the passing game on Sunday. I mean, for the most part, the line was holding up. And then, you know, usually it was just one person. And the same with the running game. I mean, that's why they've struggled this year because they keep getting penetration through in the running game. I think that having, obviously having Isaiah win back, I thought he had a really good game. I was really impressed with Joe Tooney on, uh, on Sunday, especially I thought that his block on James White's touchdown, uh, the uh, screen pass on the first drive, was a beauty, and I tweeted that out when it happened because I thought that, you know, those are the kind of things we were looking for and that we're looking for in the future. You start seeing those plays, and then they start to snowball, and then the next thing you know, you have a a trend going, and then all of a sudden the offense is all pulling in the same direction. Yeah, absolutely. And that's – it's the same with the receiving court. It's the same with the running back. You have – those few positive plays, and that's what you build on. That's how you build your confidence. That's how you get better as as a team, as an offense. And it's really, like you said, the Tooney was really good on 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 Sunday. I say Win had a had arguably his best game of the season. So yep. they are there are steps in the right direction. It's just about putting it all together, and that's the difficult part. But also one that the Patriots should be able to do based on the talent that they have. I agree. And and another thing that, that they have is, is one of the best special teams units again in the NFL. Um, talk a little bit about what the special teams was able to do and what it's meant to this team this year. Well, I mean, you just have to look at the fact that they have blocked five punts that they have Five. I mean, wow. Justin Baffle alone has two fumble recoveries since he joined the team, and he joined the team in late October, I believe. So the Patriots are really playing well on special teams. They are they are changing the field position in a positive way, and given the way that the Patriots' offense is playing, sometimes that's all it takes. You have a short field, and if you can capitalize on that, that may be enough to win a game. And it showed again on 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 Sunday. I mean, yes, the the fumble forced by Matthew Slater and recovered by Justin Bethel turned into a field goal, only a field goal, if you will. But yeah. it was points, and three points, points is three points. And you, if you win a game, if you win a playoff game, ten to seven, it doesn't matter as long as you score. And the special teams units are putting the Patriots in a place where they can score. And it's not just the punt coverage, because I know, you know, the punt coverage gets a lot of the attention with all the blocks. But you also have Jake Bailey, who's really kicking the, kicking the ball well, not only on punts, but also on kickoffs. And mm-hmm. you have Nick Folk, who 
made a 46-yard field goal, which is the longest the Patriots have had all season. So the, there certainly is a lot there. There certainly is a lot to be to feel good about when it comes to to special teams play, and making game-changing plays like they do on a seemingly weekly basis is important, but they are also playing well when they are not making the big play. They're covering kicks well. They are making field goals that are Thank difficult you. to a certain degree. So the unit as a whole is is a lot better than it was early in the season when you have the kicker troubles going on and stuff like that. So it's it's beginning to gel a bit more and and that's what we saw again on Sunday and that's what I expect we will see moving forward. Anybody just joining us, we're we're talking with Bern Mushbasser from Pat's Pulpit. You know, he's one of my favorite writers, one of my favorite football people, and we're so glad that he's able to be here with us. That's a great point, Bern. That's a fantastic. It's not always that the um, the flash plays that you see with special teams that that make the highlight reels at the end. It, it, it's the little things. It's the coverage that they do. It's barely getting you know pinning people back. It, it's it's really been a um an eye-opening experience for a lot of football fans to see just how important special teams really is uh bill often talks about all three phases and that third phase is often overlooked by a lot of teams when they're putting their rosters together that doesn't happen here um you 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 hear from a lot of the talking heads grief about oh you you you, you overpaid this so and so special teamer and why is Brandon Bolden here for another three years? This is the reason why is because that they they do, do go out there they do take pride in their job and they go out there and they do it and if it's not not Bolden if it's not Slater it's somebody else that's getting free and getting home almost every single week and it, it, to me. This is one of the, the the best parts of football, not just because I was a failed long snapper and I have a lot of respect for guys that can do that, <laughs> but you know, just because it, it makes the, the the team concept of football all the more so. Um, let's flip it. Were you able to see any of the, the Bills uh, game against the Steelers this week? Uh, I did watch some of it. I didn't, I didn't go dive into it just yet, but... I mean that was a that was a hard fought game. I mean that was like watching the the steel curtain of the seventies like grudge yeah. match football. So um and I think like that's the that's what the Patriots will face. They will face a, a tough defensive team. So I didn't I didn't get to see the entire game. I saw some of the highlights, I saw some of the big plays. But I I think that the Bills will definitely be a challenge. And I know they haven't won anything in Foxborough recently. Mm-hmm. But make no mistake. This, this has got to be a real confidence builder for them, though, don't you think? Yeah. This, oh, is absolutely. A, this is a, yeah. a young, really well put together defense and an offense that can that can put enough points on the board. Um, do you think? How do you think the Patriots should attack this this Bills defense on on Saturday? I almost said Sunday. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I almost did too. Yeah. So, uh, this weekend, I feel like they should. I mean, in, yeah. it's really it's really hard because I know the the Patriots receivers are not playing all all too well right now, and the Bills 
secondary is pretty good. I mean, Tredavious White had two interceptions on Sunday, so he's he's a good cornerback, and Poyer is good, uh, good safety. So they have a lot of good guys back there. I wouldn't just go out there and sling the ball all over the field simply because the Patriots are not yet at the stage in their development where they can do that, in my opinion. But once again, you just need to run the football well. You need to try to establish an identity on the, on the ground and shorten the game and put pressure on Charles Allen to make plays with his hands. Because I know he's, he's looking a lot better this year than he did last year. But he's he's still yeah he's, he's still prone to <laughs> throwing like a head scratching interception yep. and against this defense and yep. I mean they can take one to the house like they intercepted him four times last time they played so if they can put pressure on Allen not just via the pass rush but also via the way the offense is holding the ball and maybe not maybe not scoring on every drive because it's in my opinion, unrealistic to expect that. But if they can hold the ball for extended periods of time, if they can like make every possession count from the Bills' perspective, that's when you play in the hands of your defense and your defensive strengths resist defending the pass. Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, piggybacking off of that, you know, when you're looking at this Bills team, the I mean, I think they... They have an excellent defense. I think they have strong uh, running backs. They have good underrated pass receivers, I think. I think they're, if there's a weakness on this team, it's still the quarterback. I think that's the, the card you have to play this week is you have to force Allen into making some of those mistakes like he made last time. You know, it's funny because after that Patriots game, he kind of tightened things up. Um, and one of the things that I've been seeing lately is they're getting uh, Cole Beasley much more involved in the passing game. You know, oh, yeah. they're using him like Julian Edelman is used in the Patriots system. And, you know, with Jonathan Jones probably being out this week, that's going to be a big matchup to watch. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, one thing that helps the Patriots, I mean, they know how – how Cole Beasley can play because he's essentially playing in a system that's almost like theirs because Brian Dayball, the the Bills offensive coordinator, he was with the Patriots for quite a few seasons. So he's installed a similar system and the Patriots should know how to counter that. But as you said, without Jonathan Jones potentially, that's going to be that's going to be a tough task. I I think we will see Beasley get his yards, but the Patriots know how to take away your biggest strengths. And if they feel like Beasley is worth investing in, they will find a way to slow him down. The question is if this opens doors elsewhere or if this maybe makes things easier for the run. As you said, I still think that Allen is the weakest point of this team, at least offensively. So you, you have to trust him to make mistakes and you have to approach the game like you did last week, put the ball in the quarterback's hands. And if Josh Allen beats us, so be it. But do not let the defense beat us. Do not let the running game beat us. Let Josh Allen do that. If he can, he can. And if not, well, that's another division title. 
Yeah, no, I agree. Josh Allen could throw a ball through a through a um a barn door. The only problem is he can't hit a barn door. Um <laughs> that's what they're going to have to do. What what do you think of their the the defenses and the the defenses? What do you think of the Bills run game? Um how important is it going to be to to shut this down over um the course of of, you know, the 60 minutes that they're going to play on Saturday? I mean, they couldn't do it the last time they played. I mean, Frank Gore consistently put up positive yards. And if you allow that to happen, it just makes it so much harder to defend the Bills. And it also puts more pressure on your own offense. So I think that the Patriots need to find a way to, to keep the Bills in check. And I mean, maybe get a few turnovers. I mean, Devin Singletary had a bunch of fumbles on Sunday. Maybe yep. that's something that you can look at. Just even if yeah, you get and, the line, punch the ball out, try to get for to try to go for a fumble, things like that. So I feel like there's a lot of potential in stopping the running game that could turn the game to your advantage. And last time they played, they had a big special teams play for a touchdown. And I think mm-hmm. you can't discount that. And that will be on the Bills' mind, you can bet, going into this week's game in Foxborough. Absolutely. I mean, every- I agree. I agree. And and um, T.J. Watt showed on in, on Monday night that that you know punching that punching at that ball is 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 paramount. That was a, that was a great pull there, Burn. I want to thank you so much for being here this week. It's been a fantastic show, man. I know, you know, you're you're well ahead of us in the time manner, and your your dinner's probably getting cold. Why don't you tell everybody out there where they can read you, where they can follow you on social media, and and when are we going to get you your own podcast? We got to we got to get on the Pat's Pulpit people over there and get you your own podcast. I mean, if if, if I think if I get a podcast, my wife is going to kill me because. <laughs> 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 I mean that, that I'm investing too 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 much time in all of this. No, we have we have tremendous people doing podcasts at Pat's You Pulpit, do. So you really do. There's no need for me to blabber along. I mean that's what that, that that's what this show's for, right? <laughs> yeah. True. So, You're always um, welcome here, my friend. Anyway, yeah, thanks for having me. Don't you. don't get your wife mad at us though. We we don't no, want No, to please. <laughs> no. Probably staring at him right now. Hang up with these American <laughs> idiots. Hang up. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. She's 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 cool with that. No, uh, okay. as I said, it's uh, as always my pleasure to 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 join you guys on the show to to talk about about the Patriots. And if you want more coherently formed thoughts, read them. Then you should go to patspulpit dot com because that's where I write. And, it is. It's, if the spoken word is my strength, but the written word is not not that big of a weakness, <laughs> so I don't know. Just uh, head over to Pat's pulpit if you if you if you like. It's we have a lot of of good stuff online, and it's not just. And of course, I'm not talking about myself. I'm talking about you know guys like Oliver Thomas and Mark Schofield who are doing a tremendous job. They and do. The entire staff that we have. It's really. It's it's an honor to work with with knowledgeable people and great great human beings, great persons. And it's you know it's it's the same with you guys. And I enjoy being on on the show every time. And it's it's 
Thank you, man. You're too fun. kind. Don't forget to throw out your Twitter handle there. Yeah, um, well, just go to at Pat's Pulpit. That's that's our blog Twitter. And mm-hmm. if you really wanna wanna type in my name, it's at Bernd Buckmaster, B-E-R-N-D-B-U-C-H-M-A-S-S-E-R. But if you go to Pat's Pulpit, that's fine. You'll probably see a retweet off of me anyway. So. You will. <laughs> but they're uh, really good about that. Un- unlike unlike the people that Steve and I work for. Over at Pat's <laughs> Pulpit, they're really good at retweeting everything. <laughs> yeah, it's just, I mean, you gotta you, you gotta put your stuff out there. Like, yep. When you when you're confident in what you do, do it. And that's like that's what I hope the Patriots will do. If they're confident, I don't think they just do it. So, I'm. There you go. Once again, thank you for having me on. It's it's as always a pleasure no, and. Thank I'm you looking... for making the time, and thank you, lovely wife, for sharing you with us. Thanks to all the people at Pat's Pulpit who, who so, brought you um, into bef- our lives. Before you go, I have to ask you one question, Bern. Uh What part of Germany is Alferbonnen in? What? Alferbonnen? What part of how, Germany is that? How do you write Am that? Am I pronouncing it wrong? I don't I, I, To be quite honest, I, I'm, I'm looking at... There's... I'm look- there's yeah, oh, there's a little uh, map oh, yeah, here. Yeah, 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 yeah. So first <laughs> off, uh, that's Austria and not Germany, and I have no idea right. why it put me there because, uh, oh, like what you're looking at, Elfenbahn, that's that's a ski resort, and Neustadtal oh, wow. <laughs> is actually it's like a, a town in the Alps, and I I currently am not there. I don't know what the map says on it, <laughs> but it's like. I wish I would be there because that would mean that tomorrow morning I'd, I'd hit the slopes and and go skiing. Right. But, uh, There's fresh powder there. Burn is sitting in 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 the house somewhere, wishing that he was skiing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because I, I saw the map and I was like, wow, I had never heard of that. And you know, uh, obviously, I, the fun fact is, I saw the map and I thought, like, huh, okay, but that's <laughs> like actually, uh, Stubatal is a really nice area to ski so if you come to austria it's i, I don't know it's it's mightily expensive but that's like a good place to to to, to go skiing well, nice. I, I won't be in austria anytime soon but we, if i am <laughs> I, I, I promise to stay off your couch because we'll, we'll you know just to keep the just to keep the the marriage going and everything <laughs> I mean, you can stay on the couch as long as you don't stay in the bed everything is fine no, 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 yeah, yeah, no, no, I won't be there. Nope, no, won't be there. We keep the old man out on the sofa. Maybe we'll find a little in-law apartment for him downstairs because right now I'm dealing with an entire house full of people that are not supposed to be here on a Tuesday. Go to work, go to school. Why Why are you home? Leave me alone. Because there's a storm right. here, that's why. There's a storm here, yeah. There's just, God, man, I mean, this is, this is nothing. He's walked to school in six feet of snow, for Christ's sakes, and it clouds up here. And they're without any up. shoes. Yeah, without uphill any shoes. Uphill both ways. Uphill both ways. That's right. It was uphill on the way there and on the way home. It was all uphill. All right, buddy. You you have a great day. All my you best too, to your lovely wife, and and thank you, man. I hope we can do this again real soon. Absolutely. Hopefully, hopefully come playoff time. Oh, yeah. Awesome. There you go. Definitely on playoff time. Hopefully, hopefully the Super Bowl week. We're we're planning on doing doing shows every day Super Bowl week this year. That's, um, that's but good. Uh, we will talk to you very soon. 
And thank you again for making the time. And, and always, people, go out there and, and follow my man, Bern. Follow Pat's pulpit and just read it. So you'd be amazed at how much stuff I steal from Bern every week. And he just turns the <laughs> other cheek and says, it's okay. It's just Murph. All right, guys. <laughs> Thanks a lot. <laughs> All right, Bern. Thanks for joining us again. We, we really appreciate it. Same we here. do. Have a good one. All right. That was Bern Buckmaster from uh, Pat's pulpit. Always mm. great stuff. And he uh, me. kid is fantastic. Kid is just, fantastic. and he puts the time in and they, like you said, th- there is a vast time difference between here and there. In fact, yeah. on Saturday, it probably will be Sunday and a- a- where he's watching the game from. Yeah. I don't know which side of the dateline he's on. I'm not sure. Well, he, he's, sure. he's on the same dateline, but he's, I think five hours ahead. So the game will be starting yeah. a half hour before midnight on Sunday for him. Yep. So, I mean, that's, that's some right. dedication for the guys on the other <coughs> side of the pond. You it know, really is. It really because is. Because those, he, those night games it. for them started like two in the morning. Two in the morning. Every yeah. every time there's an eight o'clock game, Burns, one, one Burns or two waking in the up and making yep, making coffee and shit, <laughs> driving his wife crazy. What are you doing? I'm, I gotta watch the game, honey. Yeah. Oh, good show. Good show. Always good stuff when Burns stops by and says hello. And you know, are are we going to be back this Friday? You got anything? Yes, on and uh, I apologize for Saturday. I I mean, uh, we got. Tied yeah, up with we got a million all... different things, and then then I yep. had to cover a hockey game, so the day was wiped right out. I never made it back to uh, record the no problem pregame podcast. So it's all right, man. We'll do it this week. We'll because we'll, we really enjoy doing the uh, the the quick little thirty minute, forty five minute shows that that we're able to do for you the second show of the week. And we will be back on Friday. Take us out of here, man. Get us out of here. Good show. Yeah, before before we do, uh, before I do take us out, I just wanted to mention one thing. Um, um, the, the special operations community in the military lost a giant over the weekend. His name was Edgar Britt. He was a retired command sergeant major. He spent time in the 1st, the 5th, the 6th, and the 7th Special Forces groups. He did a couple of tours in Vietnam. When wow. JFK visited the um, Fort Bragg, when they when he issued the, you know, authorized the Green Berets back in 1961, Edgar was there for that. And Edgar was on the Sante Raid. And for those of you who don't know what that is, during the height of the Vietnam War, the North Vietnamese were treating our POWs, especially the pilots, Really, yep. really badly. They were torturing them. There was a personal war camp right outside of Hanoi called Sante. <clears throat> we found out that POWs were there. We put together a group of Green Berets that were going to go in there and rescue them. They flew in under their radar. They assaulted the camp. They took out about 200 guards without any loss of their own. And it just so happened uh, shortly before the raid, there was a flood. And because of the flood, they moved the prisoners down the road a couple of miles. So there was nobody there. But uh, as raids go, it was one of the very best in American military history. And Edgar was part of that. And it wasn't until I was much older that I found out that his brother was married to my aunt. So when I was going through, oh wow, when I was going through special forces training, 
my uncle told me he's like, "Hey, my brother's a Green Beret," <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I was like, "You're kidding?" And he's like, "No, he's at Fort Bragg." Well, he gave me his address, and it was actually right down the street from where we would go through our training at, and you know, our where our headquarters company was. So I walked down there, and I walked back and forth of his house about three times because I wasn't sure if you know that would be. Like yeah, trying yeah, to call in a favor, you know, you know, it was kind of awkward. And his wife saw me and she came outside and she said, are you lost, honey? And I said, nope. I don't. <laughs> so Just then I nervous. explained to her who I was and he was a tremendous guy. Brought me in the house. Uh, we talked, he was very down to earth. And then that's when I found out he was one of the Sante Raiders. And then uh, he gave me the best advice. And he's like, when you go out there for training, don't mention me. And I said, oh, and he said, because all the old guys who know me out there, then they're going to volunteer you to be the, you know, the first guy to do everything. Everything. And you'll have a big bullseye on your back. So he said, don't do it. Save yourself the heartbreak. There you go. uh, He was was a great guy. He just passed away this weekend. Um, Rest in peace. The true American hero. We throw that uh, word around a lot. But that that is not something that that I take lightly or Steve takes lightly, and and that is I'm sorry for your family's loss, bud, and I'm sorry for the loss for the for um, everybody in special forces. That's 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 a real shame that that he passed. But we are we are a lucky country to have men like him, uh, and and believe me, as as the son of a pilot. Um, we really appreciated that. That's a story that I'd heard many times, but not, not one that I heard from you and knowing that, that, that was so close to your family. And thank when you talk to your thanker very much for everything that he did for, uh, for our country and especially for the, the, the guys who go up in planes and don't always come down the way they want to. Yeah. And, um, you know, it was, um, it was kind of, Sure. Even though, I mean, he had been getting up there in age. I mean, he was in his 80s at this point. But, yeah. you know, uh, it's still, you know, uh, it's a little bit of a shock to hear that. I mean, he was in a, one of the nicest, easiest going guys you'll ever meet. So uh, we just wanted to pass that along and rest in peace, Edgar. You'll be missed. You and, will be. Especially by family members and those who knew him and served with him in Vietnam. So. Anyway, that's yeah. the end of our show this week. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. We're going to do a quick breakdown of uh, the Patriots and Buffalo Bills. This is going to be a barn burner this weekend. This is really is. This, this is for the AFC East, and that's the um, uh, amazing thing is, you know, this will be the first time in a very long time that they're playing Buffalo this late in the season, and the game means something to both teams. So, right. Um, yeah. This is going to be a great football game. The Bills are, uh, again, you know, they're the best-kept secret in the NFL. They -hmm. went into Pittsburgh and beat the Steelers on Sunday night, and that is not an easy task. So this should be a great game. And Murph and I will be back on Friday. We'll break it all down. So with that, we're going to put a bow on this for now. We'll be back on Friday. For myself, Steve Balsheri, Thomas Murphy, all of us here at WBLZ Sports and One Patriot Place, as well as FullPressCoverage.com. We want to thank you all. Thanks to Bern Buckmaster for joining us today from Pat's Pulpit. We'll be back on Friday. How about those Patriots? 11-3, baby. <laughs>